0: Hey, everyone, and welcome to Paydirt, a Penn State football show. Along with former Penn State and NFL quarterback Matt McGloin, I'm Tom Hannafin. This show is brought to you by our sponsors, Funk Brewing, the official craft beer partner of Pater. This month, be sure to check out their Double Citrus Imperial IPA, the Little Citrus Hazy Session IPA, and so much more. Funk has so many great beers to choose from at their tap rooms in Emmaus and Elizabethtown in Pennsylvania. You can find a variety of Funk Brewing beers at your favorite beer distributor and grocery store. Visit FunkBrewing.com to learn where and how you can get their fantastic products. Must be 21 years or older to purchase. Please drink responsibly. BetOnline.ag is your number one source for all your basketball info, stats, news, and analysis. Get the latest odds, news, and info for every sport from the upcoming NBA playoffs, Major League Baseball, and beyond. BetOnline is your sports information headquarters this season. If you love sports info, scores, news, and podcasts, you can find everything at BetOnline. We're always the fastest and easiest way to get your betting info. Head to BetOnline.ag today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Be sure to use our promo code Believe—that's that's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Pater is presented by BetOnline where the game starts also we invite you to head to shop.believe.com that's shop.b-l-e-a-v.com and search Pater for our two t-shirts one as the official show logo over the heart it comes in white navy blue and black and the other is a navy blue t-shirt it has the Pater word mark over the heart and on the back circa the 2012 penn state football season it has matt McGloin's name and number again head to shop.believe.com that's shopb lea and search Pater. For our two T-shirts, there is a lot for us to dive into today on this episode of Pater. We're going to be talking about some recent comments from James Franklin last week as spring practices are in the back half, getting ready, obviously, for the Blue White game on Saturday, April fifteenth. Some comments from James Franklin on just some things that are standing out in regards to how the team is progressing this spring. Also, we are going to dive into the comments from Board of Trustees member and former Penn State star and legendary linebacker Brandon Short in an exclusive interview done recently with Blue White Illustrated to Nate Bauer. Many thanks to Nate and Blue White Illustrated, good friends of the show. Uh, There are a lot of comments from Brandon Short that came out that I think were eye-opening for a lot of Penn State football and, frankly, just Penn State fans, period. If you are a fan of Penn State athletics, Um, You're going to want to be checking out this interview in the first place, and then we have a lot to dive into in terms of what Brandon Short revealed about what's going on with the inner workings of Penn State athletics. However, let's first start with what's going on with Penn State football, spring practices. We mentioned this team trying to get better and get ready for the 2023 football season. Matt, uh, the the thing that you continue to hear from James Franklin uh, in multiple opportunities with the press is that he wants the young guys to be more aggressive, be less hesitant, and not be thinking as much. You've lived that situation. Is it just a matter of time? Uh, you know, like we, we've heard this multiple times from him now. Is it concerning for you?
1: Uh, it's not concerning, right? You, you have to assume that. Those younger players, those guys that you know maybe have been on campus a year or or some of these early enrollee uh, early enrollee guys, Tom, right? their heads are spinning right right now. Right, there's a lot going on. There's there's a lot of install. There's a lot of prep work going into each and every practice, and they're they're being called upon to perform day in and day out. It, it's very very difficult. And and one of the things you do, Tom, like I remember, you know, Bill O'Brien, 2012, brand new offense, right. And new installation every single day. Like my goal, Tom, early on was just to be able to say the play correctly in the huddle, you know? And then as you break the huddle, walk to the line of scrimmage, you're thinking it. Right. All right. This guy has this. This is the concept. I'm doing this versus cover one. I'm doing this versus cover two. If it's quarters, I can do this. Or if they do this, you know, I can alert it and, you know, we'll be able to run the football here. That's what he's talking about right now with these young guys. Some guys, the system's new. Again, some guys, these guys are getting a lot more reps than they've gotten in the past. So that's what he's talking about when he's like, they have to stop thinking. They have to just start playing faster and just reacting. Tom, that will come. We talked a little bit about that last week where it's like, as long as they understand what's going on right that they understand their assignment they understand the concept they understand the coverage the blitz the adjustments whatever it may be as long as they're able to process that information right it's okay if they're moving a little slow right now if they've got the mental aspect of it down if they understand what their coordinators want from them they understand what their position coaches want from them and understand what james franklin wants from them they're in a good position now you have 10 days Right until that spring game, time, it, it's it, and I talk about this a lot, how important spring ball is and how you do see, you know, uh, a lot a lot of guys progress as it goes on at that midway point And towards the end, 10 days left, but you can still get a lot done. There are a lot of practices left within that 10 day time frame before they take the field for uh, for what will be what seems like, Tom, an actual spring game this year compared to what it was last year.
0: Yeah and we've talked about it before last year so many injuries on the defensive line I'm sorry on the offensive line and the defensive yeah. line for that matter it was just physically impossible to play a real Game glorified scrimmage, whatever you want to call it, last year felt like a a walkthrough, a game on air more than anything. So it sounds like uh, the injuries have been lessened, which is good. There's still guys who are banged up and that's just, that's normal, but it does sound like all systems go for a true blue-white game on April 15th. So that'll be exciting. Uh, one thing in regards to the offensive line, uh, you continue to hear James Franklin speak glowingly of Vega Yuane, who he says is, quote, the greatest 365-pounder I've ever seen, like in terms of his how he carries it, how he moves, how he looks, how he performs. Uh, Iwane has gotten some reps at center due to some guys being banged up a little bit. Said his more natural position is a guard. We have talked about there's a lot of depth on this offensive line. James Franklin said recently last week that Drew Shelton is still settling in and learning his role. Right tackle, there's a battle there going on with Caden Wallace. A couple battles in the trenches, so to speak, within the offensive line. But overall, there's a lot of positivity. And the big thing that James Franklin continues to talk about with the O-line is position flexibility. You know what it means to have, you know, yeah. be a lockstep with your center. Hell, we've had uh, you know, other guys on the show and we recently had Stefan Wisnouski on, a guy that you know very well. Uh that center being the quarterback of the offensive line and then a guy being able to jump to guard. Hell he even jump to tackle. Uh, the value of that from where you used to stand as quarterback, how comfortable did that make you, knowing that? Oh, I could pop this guy over here if I needed to.
1: Well, you're right. I mean, Wiz was the guy that can play left guard. He could play center. He could play right guard. He did all. He did all of those throughout his career. There's comfort in that, right? There's comfort in knowing, you know, the depth that you have and what guys are capable of doing, and knowing there will be no drop in production if. You have to just have some moving parts around there as well. I mean, that's good for these guys, too, moving forward, right? The, the, I mean, the ultimate goal, right, Tom, is, is, is to get to the next level, right? And if you're a center, you're a right guard, you're a left guard, you, you have to have the capabilities of playing all three of those positions um, you know, to further your career. That's a bonus there. So it, it, it's exciting that they're talking about flexibility, where you, right, Tom, a year ago, that – they were dealing with something. It was availability, injuries. not flexibility. Exactly, yeah. perfect. Yeah, availability, not flexibility. So that's great to see. Um, you know, and, and and you know who that's good for. I mean, that's good for you know some of these backups, um, guys like Probula, right? Um, you know, depending how they're using Singleton and and Allen, right? They're 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 getting a mixture of offensive linemen, and they're they're getting comfortable. They're getting used to playing with these guys, and it's fantastic for a guy like Alar as well. Right. That's building confidence day in and day out, knowing what he has in front of him, knowing that he's got experience in front of him, knowing that he's got some depth in front of him, that, that you know, if somebody breaks a shoelace, Tom, or, you know, anything like that, they have to go to the sideline. They've got another guy coming in who's well prepared, excited to play, motivated to play. And you can trust that guy.
0: Yeah, it all seems to be trending in the right direction as we continue to say nothing terribly glaring if anything you're just happy to hear that guys are relatively healthy and getting a lot of reps which is good. Uh, Speaking of a lot of reps, uh, you talked about the quarterback with Drew Aller and Bo Perbula for that matter. Uh, it sounds like they've been getting a ton of reps with the ones the two of them have in that respect. Uh, Jackson Smollett, the third quarterback, a true freshman who got in a few months ago, uh, seems to be progressing well, but is a young guy, he's thinking. So uh, the way James Franklin put it recently, speaking to the media, is that we want to have three quarterbacks that we feel comfortable that we can win with. And I wouldn't say that's a first with James Franklin, Matt, but recently I think the you know, the the struggles in the Iowa game two years ago with Robinson, a quarterback, Mm -hmm. stepping in. That opened a lot of eyes, and Christian Veyer stepped in and obviously had a good game that one time against Rutgers, and obviously he's transferred to Pitt. Now you got Bo Perbula, and you made the very astute observation last time out that we did this show that Bo Perbula could very well be your third, quote-unquote, running back option. So James Franklin has gone on to say as much that there will basically be two game plans for Aller and Prabula, Now, the Venn diagram of that is substantial. There's going to be the core offense that both guys know. Uh, James Franklin said both guys are good passers, cerebral, hard workers, all the things you want to see. But Bo is a little bit more mobile. He's a bit more of an athlete than Drew Aller is. Uh, when you hear that there's like two different systems being developed in spring ball, what does that make you feel?
1: Uh it's hard, right because again, we've talked about this, right? You, you don't want to label a guy as that dual threat type guy right because you immediately think well, he can't he, he, he's not a great thrower of the football. He can't do that. One guy's better than the other guy at throwing the football, which I don't think is the case right? We know people can, can throw it a little bit here. What I think what, what I think is going on, Tom is that right, right now you're just trying to find what both of these guys do well right? And if you have to have some different types of packages for both of these guys, that's fine because that's what they do well. And I give Mike Yersich a lot of credit for doing that because, you know, you, you have to, you have to get the best out of your players, right? You have to put them, they talk about this all the time, Tom, but it's true, right? You have to put them in a position where they can succeed, right? We all know what that means. You you, you don't want you know them running out there and you know, this kid's calling a play and he's getting to the line of scrimmage. He's like, I don't know about this play. I'm not comfortable with this play. It's The last thing you want. So being able to experiment right now in spring, I think with two young quarterbacks is a great thing, right? You're talking about maybe Prabula being that, that third running back. If he doesn't win the starting job, I think it's a great thing to have. You have a certain number of packages. You still have your base offense. Let's say Aller wins it. Still have your base a- offense with, with Drew Aller, which, you know, be that pro style. Um, you know, you can do play action pass with a guy like that, but being able to mix in that probula package every now and then to be very, very difficult for defense to adjust to, Tom. That takes a lot of time for defenses to prep for, too, throughout the course of a week.
0: It's just a great wrinkle to be able to have in your offense. And we made the comparison to once upon a time with uh, Tommy Stevens. And I've said it before, very different athletes. And uh, I think Bo Bula is probably going to be able to do some different things. And it's just built differently. But uh, it sounds like having that change up, to use the baseball terminology, is really helpful. So uh, that, that it, battle continues to go down.
1: Did they try that with Will Levis? And so now he's going to be a first round pick.
0: That's true. And now, you know, I'll be one of the first people to say that I'm like, I'm not entirely sold on him being like the savior of a franchise or something like that. But yeah, it's amazing how things how things change. Uh, So that's continuing to evolve a quarterback. Uh, And then that rolls right into the pass catchers. And that's something that James Franklin said uh, after practice last week. He said, quote, our receivers cannot catch enough passes right now. And not saying they're dropping passes, meaning that he's like they cannot get enough reps, running routes, catching passes from all three quarterbacks. And the one thing that I found very, very interesting from James Franklin is that he said, quote, Keandre Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace have separated themselves from the pack. He believes it's got to be a competition between probably six different receivers for the three, four, five, and six spot on the depth chart. He's speculated in the past, are the three and four spots constantly rotated? Do you have one single guy taking the three, taking the four spot, and we haven't even gotten Dante Cephas on campus yet from Kent yeah. State, the transfer. So, uh, are you surprised to hear that Lambert Smith and Trey Wallace have quote separated themselves from the pack?
1: I think we've been waiting for Lambert Smith to be able to separate himself yes. from the pack from some of the things we saw at times, you know, throughout his career at Penn State. Um, you know, and I think we knew, um, you know, as well that uh, you know Trey Wallace was somebody who. You know, as a redshirt sophomore, would be able to make an impact. You know, one day, and w- was kind of another one of those names that Tom we saw that you know w- w- you expect good things from. Right? He's been mentioned before in the past, so you know, I-, I think what the goal should have been for for spring ball was to figure out which guys are going to separate themselves. Right? It's it's I think it's crucial to to leave spring ball to head in the summer to head into training camp, understanding now what you have at that wide receiver group with two guys. And by the way, it's a great problem to have that you have six potentially battling for that number three spot, Tom. And that's okay. If you've got like this, this, you know, four or five guy rotation there for those three, four spots or whatever it may be, that's fine. As long as you have that clear cut one and two guy who, you know, is going to deliver for you week in and week out. So very encouraging for James to talk about, about Trey Wallace and, uh, and Keiondre Lambert-Smith separating themselves. He mentioned
0: Malik McLean because he was asked directly about him and continues to say that he's a great combination of size, speed, quickness, uh, is still learning things and getting used to the way things are done at Penn State. Uh, Were you hoping to hear his name lumped in with the likes of Lambert-Smith and Trey Wallace Is like, oh, no, we've got our top three?
1: I think that's going to take some time with a guy like mega. And again,
0: you know, um, McLean, Malik, McLean, or, or excuse Ball me,
1: excuse me. Um, um, yeah, no, I, I mean, look, I think, you know, y- you have such, you know, a combination and a group of guys that are all competing and vying for those reps. There's only, there's only a certain amount of reps to be able to go around and for a new guy to be able to step in, right. It's a new campus. It's a new atmosphere. He's playing for a new head coach. He's playing for a new offensive coordinator. He's still learning the system, right? That takes time to be able to, uh, to adjust to Tom. So th- that'll be interesting to see where he fits in moving forward and then how he, how he's able to, kind of mold himself you know into into you know that, that Mike Yursich offense
0: yeah and I'm still really interested to start hearing how Dante Cephas does once yeah. he gets to campus because I think that could really shake things up we've talked about Saunders, Ivy, Liam Clifford um the bunch of tight ends that can be involved Khalil Dinkins has really stood out during this spring ball period so I'm very interested to see who jumps in and who really takes a hold of those positions so those are curious um one other comment from James Franklin that this has been the bane of my existence for a number of years now, as he said there's basically an open competition at Place Kicker. Doesn't that just scare the hell out of you when it comes to Penn State football?
1: Uh yeah, that's uh <laughs>
0: Jake pinnaker has gone. Sandra Sadak got a lot of experience. Gabriel yeah, Wosu is probably gonna be the uh the the, the kickoff guy, it sounds like.
1: And look people you, if you're listening to the show you're probably laughing right now that we're that, that we're discussing this but t- it's a problem this has been a big deal for years <laughs> It's a it's a it's it's a problem Tom because it changes the mentality of 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 you as a play caller of you as a quarterback of you as an offense when you get into plus territory right what what is our third and seven call down become, are we trying to, are we trying to get the first down? Are we playing, are we know we're playing on fourth down? So we don't need to pick up seven yards on third and seven. We may only need to get five because we're going for on fourth and two because we don't trust our kicker, right? It completely changes your offense. If, if you don't enter into plus territory, you don't enter the fringe, you don't enter the red zone and know that, Hey, we've got three points in the bank, the bank here. So let's not turn it over. Let's not make mistakes here with the football. Like that's, that's something that they need to figure out tom so i mean i mean heck you know i think open competitions are fantastic i think they're healthy but you gotta you gotta figure it out because aside from the quarterback tom who else needs you know more motivation and more confidence put behind them than a kicker
0: yeah, and listen, there's there's also Falcons at place kicker. Uh, there's the transfer, Riley Thompson, uh, at, who's listed as a punter. Mitchell Groh, Alex Pachetta, also li- listed as punters. But it wouldn't be crazy, Matt, to hear of a guy who's pulling double duty. We've seen that very recently at Penn State, something that James Franklin is not shy about. So I'm not saying that people need to, like, lose their minds at this point in April over this. But just just remember that this was said. And if this is an issue in September and October and November, that it's like just a little bit of history. repeating. (laughs) Remember this moment. Uh, There was certainly a a big moment earlier this week, and this is kind of what we were talking about when we opened up the show in regards to uh, an exclusive interview with Brandon Short, who's obviously a legendary Penn State linebacker, played in the National Football League, is a beloved member of the Penn State family, Penn State football family especially, and is now a member of the Board of Trustees and is an integral part of the athletic department's progress and success. Uh, He gave an exclusive interview earlier this this week with our friend Nate Bauer of Blue White Illustrated, which does not happen very often. And Brandon Short went into a series of explanations and comments in regards to inner turmoil uh, going on currently within the Board of Trustees. Now, the there is an election happening on Monday, April 10th uh, for new members of the Penn State board of trustees. So I encourage anybody that is listening to this show that is able to vote as a Penn State alumni or otherwise is able to vote. You can request a ballot online at psu.edu if you feel so inclined. Um, Matt, you got a chance to listen to the interview. What was your initial takeaway from hearing that there is not as much alignment as we all externally hoped within Penn State and especially Penn State's athletic department?
1: You know, I think, you know, I think you know me Tom I think I think I just I fall in the middle on all this stuff with the Nil the program itself you know I, I look I, I absolutely agree with him when he says listen Penn State is a destination job it's not a stepping stone job it's not this is a place that you know what I mean if if you're coming up in the ranks as a coach as an assistant coach as a coordinator whatever you may be you want to get there it, it, it doesn't get better than Penn State the history the tradition right? What it means to be a student athlete there, what it means to be a coach there. It, it just, it, it's different. And maybe I'm a bit biased time because I played there and I went to school there, but I just feel like it takes a different person to want to go to school there. Tom, to want to graduate from there, to want to be a part of the athletic programs there. Um, you know, you carry with, you carry that with you forever. And I'm sure time, I mean, maybe you feel the same way, but for me, the older I get, the more fortunate and blessed I feel that I was able to, to go to school, um, you know, at Penn state, um, you know, like I, I go back to this a lot too, Tom. Like these kids, they're not professionals yet. Right. I think, I think, I think we can, like, let's, let's remember that. And I think one of the things too that stuck out, stuck out to me, and we're talking about the football program right now, obviously, is he brought up the comparison of Arch Manning, who I think his NIL evaluation was $3.7 million. Um, you know, he, he, he almost, correct me if I'm wrong, but he almost compared him to Drew Aller in a way. Um, he did. So, and when I look at that, like, I get it, you know, Manny, number one player in America, Drew Aller was number one quarterback in America, but I I don't think, I don't think the hype was the same. The name certainly isn't the same, right? That it is what it is there. Um, But you got to remember this too, right? These, these kids, maybe this isn't fair to say Tom, but these kids, they haven't done anything yet, right? Drew Aller hasn't done anything yet. I'm not saying that he doesn't deserve nothing, But like, you know, the fact that and I've talked about this for a while now, Tom, the fact that you have to try to, like, give these kids something just so that they stay loyal to the school. That's unfortunate for me that that's the position that we're in. Are you looking
0: for undeniably good hair and beard care? Then Maestro's Classic is perfect for you. Maestro's has beard washes, beard oils, beard beard. Butters plus hair gels and pomades. It's one brand for every man. Visit maestrosclassic.com. That's M A E S T R O S classic.com and use our promo code paydirt 15 paydert 15 at checkout for 15% off your order. Maestros Classic, crafting a better you. Are you a fan of rivalries? Are you a fan of smack talk? Do you like to stand out from the crowd at tailgates? If so, head over to Smack Apparel and check out what their team is geared up for this football season. Their Let There Be White tea is the perfect gear for those famous whiteout games at Beaver Stadium. Or get straight to the point with The Worst Tee for all the Ohio State haters out there. Smack Apparel makes the gear that'll have everyone asking where you got it. They have the must-have tees for all your teams, including pro football, baseball, basketball. Every fan is covered. Head over to their website, smackapparel.com, and use the promo code PAYDIRT at checkout for 10% off. Again, that's smackapparel.com, promo code PAYDIRT at checkout. Why wear boring when you can wear SMACK? It's, it's extremely complicated uh, to the point you made about Arch Manning versus Drew Aller. I don't know if Brandon Short was necessarily saying, like, they're the same ability. Obviously, yeah. the Manning name, that is a royal family within football. So I think his point being that Arch Manning was dubbed the number one quarterback in this class. Aller was dubbed the number one quarterback in his class. So there's the comparison. This, uh, this opportunity for Brandon Short to speak out was sparked by what recently happened with the Penn State men's basketball program. Um, For those who don't know, Micah Shrewsbury, two very successful years with Penn State basketball, led them to the NCAA tournament, getting into the second round this past year, beating Texas A&M in the first round. It was a huge milestone season for Penn State, and everybody and their brother was calling for Micah Shrewsbury to be retained, hopefully, by Penn State. Pat Kraft certainly made his pitch, and Neely Bendapudi, I hope, was involved in that process. Ultimately, Micah Shrewsbury went to Notre Dame. He is a Indiana guy. He's got uh, an NBA resume. He coached at Purdue as well. So you could see why the jump occurred. However, what has come out is that there are a lot of people specifically within Success with Honor and the Board of Trustees that maybe didn't do enough or actively worked against this. Uh, in order to, uh, not in order to, but basically worked against this to the point that it didn't help in retaining Mike Shrewsbury. If anything, it, it hurt it. And now it looks like the basketball program is literally starting over from square one. Brandon Short did this interview and it sounded like was warning fans of Penn State, members of the Penn State community, alumni, students, et cetera, that if we don't do something about this NIL problem now, what's to say this doesn't happen to our football program? I thought Brandon Short made a really good point that when he came to school in the first place at Penn State, he could have gone anywhere in the country. But he saw Haluba Hall, first indoor practice facility in the history of American college football, then saw the development of the Lash Building, then saw the development of uh, uh, the, the uh, football exclusive apartments. I'm blanking on the name. And uh, those were revolutionary for their time, but a lot of times passed. And it feels like there's this old guard at Penn State that Brandon Short was specifically lobbying for Penn State uh, voters and fans, et cetera, to be a part of this upcoming election to root out because these are people that are not helping the progress of Penn State, that have voted against upgrades to the LASH building, which is the Penn State football facility. This is a huge deal that Penn State has people within it working against its own progress as recently as the vote that went in in 2021. Uh, What concerns me, Matt, is there are plenty of people still That are hung up on the days before NIL was legal and part of the rules. To me, this is the I equiv To me, this is like saying, Oh, we've initiated the three-point line in basketball, but I don't believe in it, so I'm not gonna take a (laughs) three-point shot. (laughs) NIL is legal, it is here to stay, it is part of the game. Adapt or die. There are programs like Ohio State football that Brandon Schwartz said are $13 million ahead of Penn State. We talked about that figure last offseason that Ryan Day said he needed $13 million to maintain his budget. Brandon Short is now reporting that it's $13 million in advance of Penn State football. Micah Shrewsbury went to say late in 2022 that Penn State is the bottom two or three schools in the Big Ten for men's basketball in terms of NIL that they give to their program. This is a huge red alert. I don't think people are talking enough about this.
1: I just think there needs to be a balance Um, that, that's, that's all I understand the old school mentality because I might be old school myself, Tom, but I also do understand the game is changing. You do need to adapt, you know, uh, student athletes want great facilities. You know, they, 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 you know, they, they, they want that feeling right. That, that professional type feeling, um, you know, day in and day out. But, you know, he also spoke a lot about Joe Paterno molding him into who he is. Shouldn't that continue to be the message still, though, as a student athlete, as a coach's job, it's your job to continue to be able to mold these kids so that the things that they're learning throughout their four or five years at college, right, they can use and and, and apply to everyday life when they move on. And the phone stops ringing when you can't play basketball anymore and you can't play football, you can't play baseball anymore. What did you learn? from being a student athlete there that you can take with you on that next journey or that next chapter of your life, that's still important too. So like it's, it just seems like they're on two completely different ends right now here, Tom, if they can just find some middle ground or find some balance somewhere, I think you can see things change very fast.
0: I think what you said is is completely accurate, that yes, you should hopefully go to school and take away some positive things that you, you can't necessarily put a dollar amount on. That, that's that's very, very important for getting your education. However, it's been proven pretty thoroughly at this point that kids playing major Division One sports, namely football and men's basketball, have the opportunity to transfer because they believe they can make a living at the professional level playing that sport. Uh, Also, if they can make a living doing that legally at the college level, why not? I mean, look at Penn State men's basketball this year was built on the backs of transfers and Micah Shrewsbury, who came in for two seasons and was gone very quickly. I agree with you that Penn State shouldn't be a stepping stone job, but at least the men's basketball program, it's perceived as a stepping stone job. Now, one thing I do disagree with Brandon Short on is that he was lobbying for Penn State fans, supporters, boosters, donors, et cetera, to, quote, fill Beaver Stadium and fill the Bryce Jordan Center every single week and support your team, win, lose, or draw. I get that, and I have never been a fair-weather Penn State football fan. However, give me a handful of good reasons why I should be spending a boatload of money to go to the Bryce Jordan Center to see this men's basketball team. Now that I've seen how little – was put into this team, this isn't Duke, this isn't Kansas, this isn't UNC, where there is a tradition of winning and winning national championships. This has been a pretty bad Penn State men's basketball program for decades now. A couple of exciting blips here and there. When you and I were in school, there was the NIT championship, a run into the NCAA tournament. It's come back around again roughly 10 years later. While that's positive and exciting, you can't look at a student And be like, oh, you got to pay to get in the Bryce Jordan Center. And then a kid who's just graduated and is making, you know, 40 grand a year or something like that. Oh, hey, by the way, make sure you sell at the Bryce Jordan Center. This has got to be an effort by Success with Honor, Blue White Collective, Lions Legacy Club, all these entities that you and I have interviewed here on this show. There needs to be more done to get from wealthy donors who can afford to spend this type of stuff and not necessarily just put their name on the head coaching position of something. If you want to see change, There's got to be significant change, but personally, I, I take it as a personal affront that you're looking to the people who maybe don't make the most money and go to a Penn state football game because that's their Mecca and that's their vacation for year. Like that's all they have sometimes is to go to these games. You're asking for more. You're asking for a brick in the legacy section outside of Beaver stadium. I take exception with that, but there are plenty of Penn staters who can contribute more. And on top of that, I would love to see these NIL collectives get on the same page. Do you and think it's this old versus new mentality that's stopping that?
1: It is. And I'm glad you said it because I was just about to say it. The reason for that, it's the old school versus the new school. And that's it. And they're fine staying in their lanes right now. They're fu- They're fine with it. So that is the problem. If they can't find a way to kind of come together, right, and understand that, look, we've used that one team motto at Penn State. If we can't find a way to somehow become one team, Tom, then it's going to continue down this path. It's going to continue to happen.
0: It's uh, th- There's a lot of layers to it. And our, our friend Michael Maudie has even waded into this, obviously got into a spat on social media with Jay Paterno. Uh, Jay Paterno is somebody who's been identified uh, as maybe someone who's been against some of these changes. Uh, which is unfortunate to hear. You really hope that he's on board with the the progression of Penn State athletics altogether. Uh, and Mike Motty has tried to lobby for these different groups to get organized. And it sounds like that's what Brandon Short is asking for. And you continue to hear the word alignment. You've heard it from James Franklin a number of times with Dr. Ben DiPudi to Pat Kraft to James Franklin. Uh, there's the concern that Brandon Short raises that if we continue to ignore this, I know there are people who are not all supporters of James Franklin. God knows I've ebbed and flowed on him, but given some recent information obviously that's come to light in terms of the struggles that maybe he's dealt with trying to get recruits, there's part of me all of a sudden that's like, you know what guys? We're we're, we're sticking with him for a little bit. He's got this huge contract and a huge buyout, so like, you know, don't don't be, you're not going to lose him anytime soon. But at the same time, if not enough is done in regards to boosting what Penn state does from an NIL perspective. How far does Penn state football have to fall? Mm. Yeah, it's scary.
1: It's It's scary. It is, it is Tom. And, and, you know, like I said, like I, 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 I try to see both sides of it. I really, really do. Um, you know, because I mean, at the end of the day, do we, do we want to be like everybody else? I think that's the question that needs to be asked, right? They're, they're on two completely different sides. I understand that, but there, there there has to be some way where you can still continue to have that Penn State history, that Penn State tradition mixed with the game adapting in college football and NIL, basically changing everything.
0: I, I agree with you. I really do think there's a way to do both. Um, and Brandon Short said, you know, when Joe Paterno was a head coach, this was a program that didn't, you know, cheat in terms of paying players to come at P- to Penn State. That has not been the way Penn State has operated for a number of years. Well, it, there's the old saying: if you're not cheating, you're not trying. N- now it's the inverse: you're you're not trying, so you're cheating your players, and you're cheating your school, and you're cheating your fans and your alumni because if you truly care about these programs and you care about the future of these kids, by the way, like this is a great Mm -hmm. opportunity for them to make a living. You know, look at how many of your teammates, they were great in college and then maybe an injury happened or something like that. And they can never make a living ever again. And they tried to go, you know, the, the private route or something like that and use their education to the best of their ability. I'm fine with that. That's a wonderful thing to do, but it's been unfortunately proven in the last few years since NIL developed that, Guys are willing to bounce around from school to school to get themselves an opportunity. And it's it's sad that education has come second, but this is the business of college sports. And the cat's out of the bag. And I said it before, it's adapt or die. And I, I sincerely hope that Penn State's Board of Trustees, the vote that goes down on April 10th, yields some positive results because I know you and I both, we're sitting here talking about the 2023 football season. Everybody is hoping to see this team make the college football playoff, Mm -hmm. to get back to a national championship Mm -hmm. for the first time in nearly 40 years. If these changes don't happen, who's to say that those dreams go away entirely?
1: Well said, Tom, well said.
0: It's very scary. So uh, I encourage anybody that is able to uh, head to psu.edu. You can request a ballot online. Um, I highly encourage everybody to check out the interview that Brandon Short did with our friend Nate Bauer from Blue White Illustrated. It is worth your time. If you care about Penn State football, if you care about Penn State athletics, if you care about the the women's field hockey team, if you care about gymnastics, if you care about hockey, if you care about wrestling, et cetera, this affects all of this. And this could even affect if you're a listener and you're a graduate or you've got kids that are going to this school in the near future – uh, it's a wonderful place to be. It's a wonderful community. But this is a really important issue for the future of the Penn State Athletic Department. Thank you all so much for joining us. This episode and our entire library of shows is available now on YouTube, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, and wherever else you get your podcasts. And of course, let us know what you think of the show on Twitter, at qb 11 and at Tom Hannafin paydirt is presented by bet online and by funk brewing thanks again everyone and join us next week for more Pater. thank you for listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v
1: on youtube